Welcome to Ozark Natural Foods, the co-op podcast featuring stories and information about the largest food co-op in Arkansas. Based in Fayetteville and serving all of Northwest Arkansas, the co-op has been around for 50 plus years, providing community and encouraging a love of food that is good for us and our planet. Learn our history and standards of quality. Meet our co-op members, employees, and vendors, and understand why being locally focused is vital to our food, products, and economy. The co-op has leveraged cooperative economics here in Northwest Arkansas to bring the freshest and the best food to our whole community. Listen to Ozark Natural Foods, the co-op podcast today to learn why. Welcome to the Ozark Natural Foods Co-op Podcast. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and we have a great episode in store for you today. We are sitting down with Dan Kelly, one of the earliest general managers of the co-op, to learn more about the co-op, his experiences here, and some stories that only he can tell. So we've had a chance on a couple of these episodes to sit down with some what we would like to say were original or founding members of the co-op or people that were there kind of at the beginning. And so Dan is certainly one of those individuals. And I think he said his ID number or number for the membership was 482. We also had Rania Truly on, Rania Truly, and Rania said her number was 591. So they're kind of close there in, in terms of when they joined the co-op. But Without further ado, I want to welcome Dan Kelly to the podcast. Dan, how are you doing? Good. Thank you, Randy. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's going to be interesting to be here. Yes, for sure. So listen, first thing I'd like you to do is to tell the audience just a little bit about yourself. Give us your origin story and how you got connected with the co-op. Well, I moved up here in, I think, in 72, and I had a storefront over in one of the old ice houses, and I was selling clothes and that business closed. Uh, We had a break in. And then I think I just decided I didn't want to have a storefront of clothing. And Mm -hmm. so there was an opportunity to manage the co-op. And I've always had an interest in natural foods. So I said, well, I can do this. And that's how I ended up. Yeah. Were you prior to that, were you familiar with the co-op business model? Somewhat. Yeah. I had been a member of a food co-op in New Orleans okay. before and had been eating natural foods for a few years. Yeah. yeah. So not entirely familiar, but somewhat. Somewhat. Okay. Okay, cool. So you get the job as the general manager at the co-op. What was it like back then? Oh, it was primitive. <laughs> we, were, we were kind of flying by the seat of our pants. Yeah. We had a cash drawer, but no cash register. So people sometimes would come in and check themselves out, you know, we didn't have somebody. Yeah, they would make their own change. (laughs) We didn't have someone behind that cash drawer all the time. And I guess we had a pretty honest membership because we're still here. (laughs) Yeah. Well, obviously they don't do that anymore, but I've I've heard stories about the cash box and and it's kind of legendary that you know, because of, you know, the small town nature of what Fayetteville was like back in the 70s and early 80s, that, you know, there, there, you were, it was just something you were able to do then. So. Yeah. And we would make some of our own uh, tools. I remember Mark Blossom made a scale for us out of a 
a rod off an old engine that was a slide across of piece of iron Mm -hmm. and balance itself. And that's how we had the one, two, three, and four pound weight. Oh, wow. It was a very primitive scale, but it worked. (laughs) You know, it was was verified. I don't know if the state would recognize it, but. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You think about something like that today, people would definitely give it a second look and be like, what is is this? (laughs) I'd I'd love to have that old scale because it probably would be a great artifact now. You know, this was. Yeah. Rania mentioned on her episode, she mentioned a piece of art that was created for the co-op that still exists to this day. And it was, I guess, returned to the co-op. It was lost in a move. And that piece of artwork, I believe, sits in the community room area at the tap room, if I'm not mistaken. So so there are some historical artifacts that are there, but it would be nice to see more like that, you know, because they, the, I think the biggest historical artifact is somebody showed me an old co-op T-shirt from back in the day. I think it was brown. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's there, there may not be that many around, so... No, I haven't seen any of those. That that would be a great collector's piece. It would be. It would be. So outside of just the day-to-day, and you said you had kind of fallen into the natural food movement, it was primarily staples when you guys first opened, right? I mean, you you didn't have a wide assortment of of options when people would come and shop there. We were trying to build on that, but there were a lot of obstacles, like there was a food company over in Sulphur Springs that was selling natural foods, but they didn't want to sell to us because the health food stores said, we don't want to buy from somebody that's supporting co-ops. Yeah. So we couldn't get food from them, but Arrowhead Mills would sell to us. And so every once in a while, their truck would come by. And then sometimes we'd take a trip to Kansas City to buy food. And then we also took some trips to New Orleans to buy food. And so we would just take off a few, we'd let somebody else run the co-op and we'd take off and, and go buy honey and beans and molasses in a pickup truck yeah. and bring it back here. You know, that was, and, and it was part of the adventure and part of the, <laughs> you know, it was part work and part adventure. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you have to nowadays with walking into the co-op today, I mean, you, you, can't, you must, must have to marvel at how far the co-op has come throughout the years. Yes. Okay. And there's one story about that. The Safeway used to be where the co-op is now. Right. And then it was, so it was a Safeway, then a Marvin's IGA and some other stuff. So. So as manager of the co-op, you know, or we would look at the Safeway structure and say, boy, that is a great store. And here we are. What goes around comes Comes around. around. You know, we're in that building now. Right. Right. So. uh, Because, yeah, I don't think there's Safeways in this area at all anymore. So, yeah. and. Yeah, so that's interesting that you mentioned that. I probably, if I was able to go back in time and say, "Hey, one day you guys are going to be in that space," you would have been like, "Get out of here!" That's that. I don't think that would ever happen. It so. wasn't even on the radar. <clears throat> yeah. So you were general manager for how long? Do you remember? I think from two to three years. Okay. Okay. So probably like seventy-two to seventy-five or somewhere yeah, around. Yeah, I there. left. The last part of 74, like uh, 1274. Okay. All right. And then you moved out, out of state and then came back in 88, but you kept your ties to the area. So you got to see the the evolution of, of the co-op and its growth. Were you surprised when you came back in 88 and saw that it was still there and still viable? Well, I had been back before then, you know, like maybe I'd come back every four or five years and I would see it moving in different locations. Yeah. And getting stronger at each move. Yep. 
So I had no idea it was going to grow like it has. Yeah, 13, that, that, at current time of recording this, we're more than 13,500 members, which is, that's a lot. It is. Yeah, it is. that's a lot. But you were, you were part of that first 500. So, I mean, there's something to be said for that. And I always marvel when I meet people that have a really low number because I'm like, man, you were definitely around here and you saw the benefits of this from the beginning. So what, you know, what was the reaction? Do you remember like the reaction of people when they would come into the co-op and it was new to them back then in 72, 73? I mean, what were people like, was it more of a novelty or was it like people were like, finally, I can get my bulk items. I can get healthy items. I mean, what was the, the typical reaction of a consumer that would come in and purchase there? Well, if you were living back to the land, which a lot of people were back then. Right. The co-op was like your mainstay. You could buy your beans and your rice and your flour and your honey. And you didn't have to um, go to the, you couldn't get it locally. If you lived out in Madison County or Newton County, there wasn't sources for that kind of food. Yeah. So, yeah, we had a big support from the people outside the area. And uh, if you were of the alternative culture, you might understand what was going on. Yeah. But if you weren't, if you had never been exposed to this new wave of natural foods and cooperative ownership, it might have been surprising. One thing we had, which was kind of messy, we had a flour mill mm -hmm. right by the walkway when you walked into the co-op. Okay. This was like an eight-inch, really noisy Meadows mill mm -hmm. where you would pour your wheat in and it would just grind it up into flour, but it didn't have any way to contain the excess. So as you were grinding the flour, it's also flying around that area. Yeah. So you're getting flour in your hair, flour in your clothes. It was truly all natural back then. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, I, I, I like that story. You know, and I think about it. I remember I've only known the co-op in two locations, the Evelyn Hills, because I moved here in 2014. So I wasn't, I'm not an old head as far as I can, I can go way back to all the locations, but Rania and several others have, have discussed or mentioned all of the places that the co-op has been, including in, in a space over there where high roller cyclery is right now. And so there are a number of locations that the co-op has been on Dixon over there where Puritan Coffee is now. There have just been a number of places that that store has shown up in. Right. Yeah. So you come back in 88 and then you, you get to kind of get a, a firsthand view of the evolution of the co-op. Do you remember when it moved to Evelyn Hills Plaza? Yes. You do? Yes. Okay. And that's kind of when it maybe took on, maybe did it become more mainstream then? Or when, in your mind, when do you feel like the co-op became a little bit more mainstream? And the reason why I'm asking this is because you know, nowadays you get a lot of people that walk into the co-op and they, they don't even know that there's a membership involved. That And for some of them, it's just they just don't understand the co-op business model. And so, you know, we explain it to them. We, you know, cashiers will walk them through that. But, you know, things at some point in time, there must have been an inflection point where it changed from purely just being members to people saying, hey, that place has some great bulk food items. I want to go there and get them. Well, I think the co-op always been known for the bulk because that was one of the things that attracted the back to the landers and the people that 
they didn't want to buy a bunch of prepackaged food. It yeah. was a waste of resources. Yeah. So that was always a strong point because when you bought tea or seasonings in bulk, you could really save a lot of money. Yeah. But back to your question about when we really took off, I would say the storefront on Dixon Street really gave us credibility Okay. in town because yeah. this was a prominent location and bright and clean. So that was a plus right there. The old smokehouse location. Sure. And it makes sense because, I mean, Dixon Street is kind of the main artery into the university. Were there a lot of students coming through the co-op back then? Maybe just a few? I would say a few, you know, uh, but I don't remember a lot of them. Maybe, yeah. maybe when they finished school and they settled here, they would start getting. But at that time, you know, we weren't selling any beer. and Right. We didn't have... A lot of things that maybe if you were living in a dorm or you wouldn't need that. Yeah, that's true. I don't think you'd be grinding your own wheat and <laughs> <laughs> and making uh, hotcakes or anything like that in your dorm room. So, I mean, it's more like uh, top ramen and, you know, bottled water and something like that. So. Peanut butter. And peanut butter. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Peanut butter. So, well, you know, as I think about, you know, where the co-op is today and, and its evolution and growth, you know, I marvel at the ability for it to remain relevant for so long, 50 plus years. Did you realize that it was that we had hit 50 years just recently or had that was that on your radar of things where you were like, man, I can't believe this place is still around and it's still cranking? I don't remember the celebration. One of the celebrations I was called in to maybe have a little birthday cake or something, but I can't remember the year. It was when we were in Evelyn Hills. Okay. So that might have been 40 or 45. Yeah. Well, I was getting my rebate checks regularly, so I knew we were doing pretty good. Right. And I think we've always had a great manager that pushed us in the right direction. Sure. And the board of directors, too. They're also guiding. So we've had some good direction. Did you ever have the privilege of sitting on the board? Not this board. I was on the OCW board, which was the warehouse. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. I think I did run for co-op board one time, but I was working for OCW. And I think maybe some of the members thought, well, that's a conflict of interest. Sure. sure so sure. I didn't get elected. Now, OCW, is that's the um, the organization that closed down around right after the first of the new century. Is that yeah, 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 yeah they, they ran into some problems. Yeah. I heard, I heard, and and uh, some of the challenges that they had after uh, Y2K, if you will. Right, so that's right. yeah, and they had been around for a while. They started in '75, okay, and probably were open 25 or 30 years. 30 yeah. years, yeah, that's a long time. So wow. So when you go into the co-op today. What do you normally gravitate towards? I'm just curious. You don't have to give us all your shopping habits, but what do you like to put in your shopping carts when you do add over to the co-op? Well, my favorite bread is always, well, it's not always there, but if I come in at the right day, it's there. Okay. And that's the Dirty Apron bread. Okay. And I really like that bread. Makes uh, great sandwiches. And what sometimes, else? sometimes I'll have a brew and sit out, on, if the weather's nice, I'll sit out on the veranda there. Yeah. Yeah. And... Uh, I mean, that and patio is amazing. We, I know it. it That's it what got the students there. <laughs> it we is. didn't have the student shoppers until we had a place. Well, they can then, walk there. They can they open can, their they computer. Can they can they yeah. can do their homework. 
Yeah. It's just perfect for students. That was a great idea. It was a great idea. And certainly we had a little bit of help with the pandemic because actually, if you remember, a lot of those students couldn't do stuff on campus. So they would come to Ozark Natural Foods to the co-op and sit down in the tap room area and order a coffee or, you know, grab some sushi or something else and then sit down and, and hang out there and get their work done or have a a class meeting or something along those lines. You, and you still see that to this day. So I think that's one of the one of the great benefits of having the space that we have. Yeah, and the casual seating like hammocks and gliders and all of that. You don't find that all over town. No, no, I don't I don't think any of the co-ops competitors have anything close to that. As a matter of fact, all of the co-ops competitors are the type of stores where you basically go get what you need and leave. Right. So well, what what is your hope for the future of the co-op? Well, I think I'd like to see it continue to expand. I mean, sometimes I think that parking lot is pretty maxed out. Yeah. But maybe as we become more pedestrian friendly or bicycle friendly, we can stay there a little longer. Yes. Yeah. But I noticed that that is an issue is the parking because. It is. And I know that we've worked with the church across the street and they do allow us to park and to put some people there to park, and especially if we do certain types of events. We had a big event with the Roots Festival, and we did a little concert on the patio there, and, and it worked out perfectly. But you're absolutely right. What a lot of people don't know, and this is a tip for anybody listening, on the back side of the co-op, there is a striped and marked parking lot that you can park in. There are a couple of parking spots that are uniquely set aside for generations, the chiropractic studio that's there, but that's only during their business hours. Any other time, whenever that studio, that chiropractic studio is not open, you can park there and there are plenty of other parking spots. And there's a number of places where you can park like your motorcycle or like a really compact car. So, I mean, that's, that is a great place for people to park. And I typically, as a member but also as somebody that I can, you know, I, I'm mobile. I can get around. I don't need to be right in front of the store. I, I typically park in the back because it's just, for me, it's easy in, easy out. And you don't struggle as much because sometimes going in that parking lot when it's crowded, it's a bit of a challenge to get around there. So Yeah, you might have to make two loops. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and people, you got people going against the green to traffic and going with it. So, I mean, there is that. Is there any part of the store that you've especially been impressed with. I mean, I know we have the homestead section. I mean, there's a lot of sections that, I mean, weren't part of the original concept of of the co-op as it originally started. But is there anything specifically that stands out in your mind? Well, the plant-based section, having plant-based foods as an alternative to animal foods, I think is a great addition. Sure. And also having local brewed Beer yeah. is a plus, too. And kombucha. Yeah. Yeah. Do and you so, like kombucha? I'm not a big fan of it. Okay. That's okay. But maybe maybe I haven't been uh, <laughs> exposed to it, it enough. It's it's good for your gut, as they say. Right. But, but, you know, some people would argue that the fermentation in beer is also good. So, yeah. you know. The uh, last time I tried it, I think, was when people were making it in, in, in their kitchen years ago. And that would have been 25 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They didn't have it down, I don't think. You know, it wasn't that tasty. No, I mean, really, what was once a hobby for a lot of people and something that you did do in your kitchens or backyards has has now become a phenomenon. I mean, there are a number of 
super successful kombucha companies out there. And, you know, the beverage sector of the grocery market is huge. I mean, people like beverages. I mean, that's just what it is. And the thing about the co-op is that they have a lot of healthy choices and you can't beat that. You can't beat that at all. What would you say to a young couple that has recently moved here to Northwest Arkansas? And, you know, why would you encourage them to become a member of the co-op and be a part of, of what we're all about? Well, I guess the number one reason is here's a store that listens to you, that you would be a part owner and you have a voice in what products the store carries or maybe what kind of events that could be sponsored by the store. I remember going to these environmental events up in Missouri mm -hmm. and ONF would send food up there. It's outside their sales area, sure. but they wanted to support the back to the land uh, movement, which had been going on for 40 years. Right. So the co-op is a supporter of many things. And so that, that would be something I would say to them. And then I'd also say food may seem like it's hype, but you need to watch for the sales and the specials because that's when you can stock up and save some money. Oh, absolutely. You can. And there's always some co-op specials and you can, you'll see those labels throughout that are throughout the store. And so, you know, I encourage anyone that's considering it to take advantage of that especially when the sales go on. But I, I walk through the store all the time and I see a number of things on sale and I just keep an eye out. And when, when it goes on sale, I grab it and maybe grab two or three. And then, you know, I, I don't have to worry about it for a while. So you're absolutely right. There is an art to it. And for a young couple that is new in the area, just like, like Dan said, it is all about community. And I think that the co-op represents the community very well. We have our challenges just like any other organization, but, and no business is perfect as far as that's concerned. But the co-op is about as close as you can get to something that, you know, really comes and emanates from this area and is unique. It's taken a business model that is known or familiar with the world over and has allowed people in Northwest Arkansas for more than 50 years to be able to take advantage of getting good food, good products, things that you don't have to question where they came from, question the Provence of those items, that everything is good for you and that you're supporting vendors and businesses that are trying to do the right thing with the products that they create and sell. So I agree, you know. <laughs> Back in the day, we didn't have very many local suppliers. Yeah. And so not like the co-op has now. The co-op has a wide variety of farmers to buy from. Yeah. It yeah. wasn't like that. Yeah. No, it, it has changed considerably. And even though, like every business, we are impacted by the supply chain, one of the benefits of our supply chain at the co-op is that it leans to the local. So. We're getting it from local farmers and people that we can drive out to and pick up those items and bring them back to the co-op and then sell them to you at a fair price. And, you know, to ensure that you're getting the best of the best that this land has to offer, especially within the radius and confines of, of what we know as Northwest Arkansas. Is that a fair assessment, you think? I think you're right on. Okay, perfect, yeah. perfect. Well, is there anything else, Dan, that you'd like to share with our podcast listening audience about the co-op before we 
we close out this episode? Well, I'm reminded of a little poster that was behind the cash drawer of the co-op. And if I can remember correctly, it said something about, this isn't a safe way. This is a learning experience. (laughs) (laughs) So you took that to heart as you looked at that all the time and were constantly reminded. Well, if somebody was complaining, I could point to that side. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah, no, that that's a really good one. It is a learning it is a learning experience. And you know, Dan, I would say that even in 2022, it continues to be a learning experience. Oh, yeah. A lot of people don't fully understand or grasp the co-op business model and the nuances that, you know, make a business like Ozark Natural Foods the co-op operate, right? Because a lot of times people think that the co-op is a nonprofit, but it's not. It's actually a for-profit business operated with and run by the governing rules of a cooperative business. And the whole idea behind that is simply that everybody that is a member of the co-op has a piece of the pie. And, you know, you can't say that when you walk into other places. I mean, I'm a member of Prime with Amazon, but I don't own Whole Foods. I maybe every now and then, and and heaven forbid anybody catch me in there, I do go into natural grocers from time to time just for one or two items, but I'm not a member of natural grocers. And of course, the same thing. I mean, I own stock in Walmart, but, you know, that's the extent of it. So, I mean, that's just the way that it is. But I'm just another another person at the co-op. You really are more than just a number. You are a member of the organization. Yeah, you have a voice and a vote. Yes. And people are interested in what you think about what's going on, yeah. you know, what you'd like to see. Absolutely. Well, Dan Kelly, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to come down and sit down with us and, and just chat and tell us a little bit about what it was like back in the day. And, and the simple fact that, you know, one of the earliest general managers of the co-op that you're, you're still around, you're shopping at the co-op on a regular basis. I think that's a great story in and of itself. So thank you so much for being with us today on the Co-op Podcast. We really, really appreciate it. And thank you, Randy. Enjoyed talking to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, folks, we appreciate you taking time to learn more about Ozark Natural Foods, the Co-op. This podcast was developed to highlight a community created more than 50 years ago with a focus on the love of food that is good for us and our planet. We have plenty of stories to tell, so stay tuned for more. I'm your host, Randy Wilburn, and we'll see you back here soon. Thanks for tuning in to the Ozark Natural Foods, the co-op podcast. Whether you are new to the area and looking for a healthy grocery store, or you've been here for ages but didn't know the whole story about Ozark Natural Foods, the co-op, this podcast, is one of the best places to start. For more information about the co-op, please visit our website at onf.coop to learn more. That's onf.coop. At Ozark Natural Foods, the co-op, we mean it when we say keeping it local since 1971.